Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm your host, Carly McBride, Content Communications Manager. Before we dive in today, here's your weekly reminder. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you catch all our latest releases right into your feed. March is the month we celebrate Women's History Month. The National Restaurant Association is excited to showcase some incredible women in our industry. Be sure to check out the profiles on our website, and the link is in today's show notes. For today's podcast, I'm thrilled to welcome Kelly Valade, CEO of Denny's. Kelly joins us to discuss how she got started in the restaurant industry, what skills have contributed to her success, and some valuable insights for others looking to advance their own leadership journey. So Kelly, thank you for taking some time to chat with us today. Let's get started. Can you start us off, take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Sure. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So my name is Kelly Blade. I am the current CEO for Denny's Corporation. We now own two brands, Denny's, the flagship brand, of course, and Kiki's Breakfast Cafe. So joined about seven months ago now and, and just thrilled at the opportunity to work with amazing people for an amazing brand, amazing franchisees, and just trying to do good work in 2023, which hopefully is going to be a smoother year than we've had as of late. I am um, my background, I started in the restaurant industry at the age of 16, and it's all I've ever done. It is, it's my life's work. It's what I'm supposed to be doing. As I like to say, it's for some people, there are jobs and there are callings. And I truly do believe this is where I'm supposed to be, you know, trying to do the best I can for a great brand like Denny's, but it's what I've always done. And it's a passion serving operators and serving guests in the way that we can serving our teams, and our employees is, is a passion. And, and uh, we're fueled by amazing purpose at Denny's which resonates with me and I know resonates with so many others. So it's a really exciting time and I'm thrilled to be able to talk about it. I'm excited to hear more about the process at Denny's and and how you all work things there. But let's frame up some conversation for our listeners. Tell me a bit more about you and your start in the restaurant industry. You said you started at 16 with your first job in a restaurant. So how did that first role as a hostess cement your love for restaurants and food? Yeah, it certainly did. So yeah, I was 16. It was a TJ's Big Boy in upstate New York, which again, I find, you know, we'll come back to what I do today and and completely full circle, right? It was a diner of sorts in upstate New York, small town. And for me, it was a place where I immediately connected with the team there, the people that I worked with, the bosses that I had, but also the customers, right? Just people coming and sitting at a counter and wanting to be seen, right? So above Above all else, I, I believe this, it shaped me from the day I started doing it because I believe firmly that restaurants, we serve food, but we serve a greater purpose. And that's, again, one of the things I, I love about this full circle, you know, the, the fact that my journey is this much a full circle because at Denny's, we say that we are about our love for feeding people's bodies, minds, and souls. And so this idea of, yes, it is about feeding people, but it's also about bodies, minds, and souls. And that's for employees, for guests, really for all stakeholders. And so at 16, getting into this this restaurant and meeting people that came in to, to literally just sit at a counter and be seen and connect, I remember their names. I literally remember their names to this day. And it framed me in such a profound way. I loved the restaurant business because it was so fast paced and it was not frenetic, but for anybody that has ever done it, and so many people listening will have a similar story, it just gets in your blood. It gets in your blood and I loved it. And I it was a way to 
earn my way through and help pay bills in high school and then earn my way, you know, save money for college. It was also a place, and this shaped my entire life, but it was a place where people saw something in me and people took a chance on me and giving me feedback and then saying, we think you could do something better. So it was all the restaurants that I was in in particular, but I don't think it's unique to the TJ's Big Boy that I worked in. But I think in so many cases and in mine, there were people that said, you can do more. Do you want to be a trainer? Do you want someday to to learn to be a supervisor? We see something in you, right? And and we're willing to train you. And I think that is also, that's our industry. There are so many paths. They could be a windy path. They could be, you know, straight up vertical, general manager, multi-unit. And in my case, it just afforded me an opportunity to grow and learn at the same time that I had flexibility, that I could work and handle my college load and workload that way, but also pay my bills, right? So, but it was there that people helped me, helped me with my financial aid forms, helped me in a way that I couldn't have imagined. So it was a, a family of sorts. It was a second home to me and it it changed everything for me. Like from that point on, I was not only hooked on restaurants, but I was absolutely hooked on this idea of what really serves you and what filled my cup in a place where people said you can do more than I probably thought I could do at that point, right? So it's somewhat of the reason why I care so deeply about operators. And there's so many stories that are different than mine, similar than mine, but different in that there are people that come to this country not speaking English. We teach them life skills. We teach them so much more than just how to take care of guests. So it shaped everything for me, that first job. Kelly, let's talk a little bit about your involvement with the association. I know you're very active with the association as a whole and particularly our educational foundation. So tell me a bit about your role there with the foundation board of trustees and how it shaped you as a leader. Sure. I've been on the association side and most recently a trustee on the education foundation side. And, you know, it's been phenomenal. First and foremost, you meet people that are in, you know, walking along the same path at times. But the amount of programs, the amount of amazing conversations during the pandemic, the amount of work done, the Restaurant Relief Fund, and the amount of advocacy that goes on makes you want to do more in your own space, but also to just continue to pay attention to how many people are working in support of this industry, right? So it connects you in a way to the bigger, broader industry. It connects you in a way that I don't know that you get up close and personal. It gives you perspective. And certainly as you move into different roles where you want to look around and know that you've got other people kind of in the same place you are or in the same boat. You've got that because you've got a network there and you've got the experiences shared from so many other people kind of doing the same thing, trying to do great things in the industry. But the pandemic was a fascinating example to watch of how amazing the work was by both the association and the educational foundation for just bringing tools, resources, but being incredible advocates for this industry that could have been wiped out in an even different way or could have been you know, hurts more, right? And we're now seeing just got the restaurant outlook, the 2023 restaurant outlook. And I've already been quoting the things that National Restaurant Association is saying about surveying operators and the outlook being more positive and things that just everybody needs to hear right now. So it's programming, it's the connections, the networking, the mentors you meet, but also things like ProStart and things like the now relationship with MFHA where we are, we have invested in and are, have worked closely with Jerry Fernandez and MFHA on Pathways to Black Franchisees and our DEI programs. And we've found a, a really great place to leverage resources and to share that with our franchisees as well. 
So, so many things from relationships to just the resources to the programs that can help you move forward and to help you with your franchisees and your operators. Yeah, those are some tremendous programs that you just mentioned. And I know a lot of them center around the idea of mentorship, which you're a big advocate of. So can you tell us about a previous mentor you've had and how they helped to shape your journey? Sure. Yeah, I've had many. And I actually like to say, so I've had many mentors in my career and I've got a network now of mentors. I actually used to talk about this in a class I taught in terms of having your own personal board of directors. And it's made up of those different mentors and those people you kind of reach out to for one reason or another. So I now have a few in a really good way because some I might reach out to for one problem and some I might lean into for something else. Roz Mallet is the one that comes to mind that has been a, a continuous force in my life. She's an Ameritime member of the association. She was the chair of the National Restaurant Association at one point. I met her when I was 22 and she is not only a, a mentor and an amazing female role model, but she's family. And she's someone that has my back, someone that will shoot straight and always be there to help. But she knows my family. She's watched my children grow up and that it goes beyond mentors to me are not timestamps. They know the really strong mentors in your life are lifetime friends, family, you know, and advocates for you. And at the same time, they're also people that can hold you accountable for the things you're trying to work on. And that's the kind of way I, the mentors I have in my life are people that I go to to say, Am I off here? Am I on base? You know, did you see me in that last meeting? You know, I've always been working on that. Did I do a good job with that or not? So those are the kind of trusting mentors I've had in my life. And I've had many. John Miller, the CEO, I just, you know, uh, I've now taken his place as he retired. I've had male allies. And I get, often get asked about that as a female CEO and having a male ally. If you don't have male allies, in the, the, some of this doesn't happen because they're the ones in those seats in a lot of cases. And so the male allies I've had, like John Miller, who stood for something bigger and who brought so much purpose to the Denny's, additional purpose to the Denny's organization. So I, I tend to lean into people for different reasons. And I've just had a, a plethora of great leaders that I've been able to kind of watch and learn from. But mentorship is, I firmly believe in and I'm mentoring people in the Denny's organization. I mentor people outside the organization. It's just important to do that. You learn, you learn from it, whether you're a mentor or mentee, in my opinion, as well. Completely agree with that. Let's talk about the great work you're doing at Denny's. So what ongoing projects or initiatives are you most proud of right now that are going on at Denny's? I am literally surprised almost every single day. Uh, so I'm still on this somewhat of a learning curve of just understanding how deep and how rich some of the programs are around DEI. We have an amazing leader. April Kelly Drummonds is our leader on the DEI front. She's been around the Denny's brand for many, many years. And it is such a, it's such a profound journey. And it started such a long time ago. Didn't start from a great place. And frankly, most people know where Denny's journey started. And it, uh, it is not something that actually we shy away from. It's something we lean into in terms of learning from, you know, a pretty public mistake. And so I, I love the authenticity of the journey and the effort around it starts with my board of directors. I've been in and watched companies in different roles that I've been in as consultants and I've seen people that are really trying to create a top-down strategy and trying to create the right measures and trying to create the right energy for doing the right thing around D&I, and it, it all exists. I have an incredibly diverse board. I, I would say one of the most diverse boards in the industry, and in many industries probably. I have an incredibly diverse leadership team, executive team, and our officer. So it goes 
cuts all the way across our franchisee base, incredibly diverse. So in terms of programs, there's not one I'm not incredibly proud of and almost, again, surprised and delighted by every time I learn more about it. We have seven what we call employee uh, leadership groups, resource groups, affinity groups. They've all had different names. But for us, we've got a women's leadership group. We've got an LGBTQ plus leadership group. And I am a part, I'm the executive sponsor from all of those for the DEI council. And on top of that, the work that they do goes beyond. It's back to bodies, minds, and souls, feeding bodies, minds, and souls, because the work that they do is getting into the community. They're creating distinct communities within those leadership resource groups, but they're getting out in the communities and they're thinking of things holistically. They're working out together in these leadership groups, just doing crazy good things. We do amazing work with historically Black colleges and universities. We have what we call our Hungry for Education Scholarship Program, where we've given away $1.3 million since its inception, and that's fairly new. I could go on and on about the just the amazing forward-thinking work that gets done at Denny's every single day. It's really impressive, and it is best-in-class from what I can tell. And again, having studied a lot of that as a consultant and in previous roles, absolutely best-in-class at every level. So it's exciting, and I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm really proud of it. I didn't I didn't do, you know, I'm coming in as these things have been a part of the the fabric of the company for so long, always more work to do. And it'll just be about building on top of the great work that already exists. I'd love to tell you where we'll go next because we've been very vocal about it, but we bodies, minds, and souls that we check the box in every area along with just being incredibly inclusive in, our, in the makeup of each level of our organization. But we also work really hard in creating the sense of belonging. We have a program called Denny's Together that is about bold conversations, embracing uniqueness, embracing togetherness, lots of programs. Mentoring is one of them that we just relaunched, Mentoring Reimagined, it's called. And so we've got all these programs. And one of the things that we're going to double down on and lean more into even is this idea of wellness and mental health. And I'm really passionate about it because given that I started at 16 in this industry and have watched so many people with stories that are similar, restaurant operators lack, in some cases, the resources to be able to do things. It is a profoundly big problem in our country and in the world today in terms of mental health. 18 to 24-year-olds suffer more than any other generation, and that's the people that are coming into us for their first job that we can get for a lifetime if we can really show them that you can have a great job, we can teach you life skills, and then frankly, we'll embrace the whole you and help to make you better. So we're going to double down. We're going to have programs around it. We hope to be the leader in this conversation, in this space, in restaurants. We're going to attend the World Health Summit with some of the best thinking around how to embrace this and then have programs that support the already great benefits that we offer to our employees and our franchisees. So I'm really excited about it. I think it's not talked about enough. And given that DEI is so much of who we are, underrepresented communities are more often those that suffer with mental health issues as well. So you've just got restaurants, employees suffer more than other industries, and then you've got underrepresented communities. So it just makes perfect sense to build on the already great work and then to start to layer that in. And I'm really proud of the fact that we're going to do that as well. That is something to be tremendously proud of. You've pretty much already answered my next question. It's like you knew I was going to ask that Denny's is really known for prioritizing DEI as a business strategy. And you've talked about how that comes to life through various different outlets within Denny's. Is there anything you didn't mention that you want to mention to our listeners about DEI? Yeah, I know it's uh, we have literally a calendar of if I could be 
every place where something was happening related to this, we've got an amazing group of people that are out there representing when, when I can't, when our leadership team can't, but literally it's top down. It's every day we're talking about it. It's integrated. It's all that we do. So I think I've covered it. It's an impressive amount of work that we do. And again, it is who we are. It really is who we are. That's where you want to be. You want to be able yeah. to say it's who we are. So it's not programmatic. It's not episodic. It's who we are. Yeah. Very much ingrained in the fabric of how okay. how you operate every day. That's fantastic and very, very much to be proud of. As you take a look back on your career, would you share with us a few key learning moments that contributed to your success along the way? So lots of, of learning moments, I think. And I think one of the most important things is you have to take those learning moments. You have to actually really make sure you do something with it. So feedback comes in all forms, shapes, sizes, and from lots of different directions, especially as you take on different roles or you take out a role in a non-traditional way, right? I moved from an HR role into the chief operating officer role many years ago. And that was a turning point for me in my career where someone again said, we think you could do this. So first thing, listen, listen. When somebody says they see something else in you, I consider that a leader's job is to make sure you are really seeing people. And if you do see something in someone, tell them. And so I had lots of people saying, we see this in you. So listen to that and then listen for the feedback that says, here's how you can make yourself even better, right? So not filtering feedback, those things were really important to me throughout my career. Those are the things when I mentor other leaders, those are the things I talk about that are really important. And it sounds simple, but it's not always. And just making sure you're constantly thinking about growing and learning and being different. The other thing I get asked a lot is just how did it come about to take on different roles throughout my career? And and what did I learn from some of those opportunities? I think they came to me because of not kind of, I like to say, not coloring inside the lines. So yeah, if I was in an HR role, I didn't shy away from taking on something that was in the lane of an operator or finance or trying to say as an HR person, I've got to be better at finance and I've got to be a better steward of the business and learning more about business acumen. So I took all those things on. Those were afforded to me and yet I sought them out in terms of just always wanting to to learn but make an impact. And so regardless of the function, the function I was in, I, I, I really tried to have not define me as much as just being a, a great business partner and then learning from those around me to fill in the gaps on things I didn't know throughout my career. And that's that's really helped me as well. Looking ahead, what can we expect to see from you and Denny's in 2023? Yeah, well, this is exciting. So Denny's Corporation now, I mentioned two brands. And so you'll see two uniquely different things from both brands. We've set up now an infrastructure for Denny's and Kiki's Breakfast Cafe, which is very exciting. we got two distinct leadership teams supported by our amazing shared services teams. And they've got distinctly different paths, protecting what is special about Kiki's and then protecting the flagship brand, of course, to help it grow and thrive in the future. So the exciting thing in 2023 is the Denny's brand is about to turn 70. And so we'll celebrate our 70th anniversary in a really big way. And I see it as a huge opportunity to say, you know, you may not know this about Denny's, right? So if you think you know Denny's, did you know this, right? Back to Bodies, Minds, and Souls. Back to, we have a mobile relief diner that's a 53-foot, you know, restaurant on wheels that is a force for good and goes travels around the country wherever we are needed feeding people in times of need. And so we that that I want to get on that. I keep saying to everybody, I'm going to map it and get out the next time it's needed to be able to serve that way because I love that we have that. I love that we do that. So 
it's a chance, I think, for us to tell people what they don't know. Our consumer, almost 50% of our consumers, Gen Z and millennials, I guarantee people don't know that. I say it all the time and people kind of take a step back. And so there's so much heritage, so much really rich heritage, and then so much potential and this really great brand, this iconic brand that everybody knows, knows about and knows everyone knows us. So you'll see us talk about maybe things that people haven't always thought of when they thought of a Denny's as a chance to say at 70 years, look at us go, right? Like watch us now. So you'll see a different campaign for us. You'll see some different food this year and you'll see us celebrating our 70th anniversary in, in a way that's very unique to Denny's. So I'm excited for that. And on the Kiki side, we're planting you know, all the seeds to be able to grow that great brands in a way that is unique and special, that is uh, pays homage to their heritage and where they've been as a brand at 54 units strong in Florida. So you'll see us kind of uh, work to take it outside of Florida and beyond and really start to grow this in an exciting segments, you know, that has now emerged in the in the restaurant space. So two distinctly different things, continuing to grow the team, continuing to leverage great programs and then double down on things really important to us, like I mentioned, on mental health and D&I. So there's lots going on and, and lots of reason to really be optimistic. And it's awesome to see the optimism being shared across again, coming from the Restaurant Outlook report that just came out. Nothing made me happier than to see it feels like people's shoulders are dropping a little bit. Things are, there is a new normal. There was a line in the on the cover of the Restaurant Outlook report that basically said, consumers' desire for restaurants are stronger than ever. And that will fuel a true recovery this year. End of story, right? True recovery this year is what everybody wants. And uh, we can get back to telling our story about our brands and tell people what's ahead. So it's exciting. Definitely exciting. Kelly, you've shared so much wisdom and information with us today. But in closing, are there any parting thoughts or words of advice for our listeners that you'd like them to know? Yeah, I think one of the things I've talked about a lot these last three years. So next year, next year, next week, rather, marks three years the pandemic happened, the whole world shut down. The thing I talk about a lot, I'll just blanket it in, I guess, a piece of advice that's maybe relevant. It's not something I've always talked about as advice, but maybe relevant for today is remember what we went through. Remember what we went through. Remember what it took to get to this side to hopefully be able for all, for all uh, in this industry, because we do such good things to be able to thrive going forward. If we really do get this true recovery, um, let's take advantage of it, but not lose what should have united us in bigger ways, but it fueled innovation for restaurants. It fueled a scrappiness that I know has always been there, but it changed things for people. And I think we shouldn't forget that because I think it could help us continue to be innovative, continue to be scrappy and nimble. Everybody wants to do that, but saying it and doing it are two different things. And I think there's a chance to just remember what we all went through that kind of keeps us bonded and keeps us aligned and then yet helps to, you know, hopefully success for all in that. So that's my relevant advice as of late, I guess, as of kind of coming off this three years of some craziness. Thank you so much, Kelly, for taking the time to speak with us today. It's been an honor to have you here on the podcast. And as we celebrate Women's History Month, it's it's great to hear from powerful female executives like yourself. So thank you for chatting with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Our State of the Restaurant Industry Report is back for 2023. This report is the authoritative source for industry sales projections and trends. It is based on analysis and forecasts by National Restaurant Association economists and surveys of restaurant operators and consumers conducted throughout the year. 
The report examines key factors impacting the industry, including the current state of the economy, operations, workforce, and food and menu trends to forecast sales and market trends for the year ahead. A big thank you to our presenting sponsor, Spot On, for their support. Be sure to visit the link in our show notes to download your copy of the 2023 State of the Restaurant Industry Report today. Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. Follow us on your favorite podcast player and find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts. Episode produced by Dante32.